We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to part two of the Buddy Hill Trade Idea Podcast. Hope you guys are having an awesome week. Happy Thursday to you. We are so excited to be getting close to the Pacers training camp starting next week. So many good things coming from it, but wanted to let you guys know once again, if you did not check out part one, go do that before you listen to this one. You're not going to want to miss it. We have a fun conversation going back and forth, giving some different trade ideas involving our beloved Buddy Heald. And once again, this was recorded on Monday afternoon before Chad Buchanan did his conversation, his interview with the local media here on Tuesday. So Want to make sure we clarified that, but hope y'all are having a great Thursday and hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Let's get to the intro with Tyrese Halliburton. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Up our sleeves, I'm sure. Uh, 
Um, Vachi doesn't even have sleeves on, so you don't know if you have any trades up your sleeves. I am not wearing sleeves. You're, you're tucking them in your pockets or something, but do you uh, do you have any more trades for us, Vachi? You know, I really I really just kind of was all right with that. Um, the big three team? That, no, well, I like that one. And then obviously I had that Hawks deal. The Grizzlies deal, what I presented the other week, I'll say it again. Luke Kennard and Phoenix's first round pick in 2024 for Buddy. Here's a scenario over here. I know they said anything, that pick, it's not going to be good. But it is a first round pick. Yeah. So in that scenario, that pick could be, I don't know, it could be 25th to, to 30th overall. So you're getting another first. That gives us three first round picks for this year if they pull off that deal. And you get another elite three-point shooter in Luke Kennard. Um, he has a team option, actually, the following year. So I don't even know if the Grizzlies would be willing to do that. Yeah. So I looked it up, team option. So what are your thoughts on that? Even if it's not a good first-round pick, for me, that's a more realistic deal. Yeah, you have to wonder, do the Grizzlies value Luke Kennard and his age and being with the team last year for you know the half of the season that he was there after the trade deadline? Or do they value Buddy Hield more? I think that's really what it comes down to is what does Memphis value? I did see Joe Mullinax, who covers the Grizzlies, put out some fake trades. And I one of the one of the trades had like Brandon Clark in the trade, even though he's out for the season, I think. Torres uh, ACL. Maybe? He tore his ACL late, late last year. Yeah. I don't know when he'll be back. Maybe it could be, you know, I don't know, February, March. Who knows? Yeah. I'm no doctor. Yeah, I'm no doctor either, but I do know that he threw Brandon Clark and someone else out there, and Tony East from Locked on Pacers said, that's way too much value for Buddy. And so I don't remember what the other part of that deal was, but I kind of understand. Maybe it was uh, – who was the kid they drafted a few years ago? Zaire Smith? Was that one of them? No, uh, Zaire Williamson. Right? Zaire been, Williams. It might have been Zaire Williams with Brandon Clark for Buddy. And I thought that's a very win now move. Memphis could be a team that's in that boat to win now, um, but I, I, I just wonder if they'd be willing to give a pick for for Buddy with the Lucanard thing. Maybe if we gave back a second in that deal, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think that could make some more sense just so they have another asset to play with here. But um, I, to me, I, I would be okay with that. Don't know if I'd rather just I, I might just rather have Buddy than Lucanard if I'm the Pacers. Yeah, and and there's there's nothing wrong with that because I, I do think that if you're gonna be swapping them, just to try and make a deal with that. The only real option is if you value having Luke Kennard on the team next year. Yeah. Like I mentioned, it's a mm -hmm. team option. It's got to be picked up by uh, June 24th of 2024. So yeah. you have that option. You could even look to trade him. You know, right when the season is, whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. He is a really good three point shooter, but I mean, obviously, Buddy is a better scorer. I'd say a better three-point shooter. The chemistry is real. So yeah. you don't need to be in love with Luke Kennard. This is more of a, all right, we got to move, buddy. He really wants out type of thing. Yeah, I, I would consider it. I think I'd have to like think long and hard about this one. Yeah. But I don't hate it. I, I think it makes sense for both teams. And I think, you know, there's a reason why both teams would make this deal. I got another one here for you. Oh, I kind you of – it's a three-team deal because I, I think three-team deals – for this situation, make a little bit more sense just because of what we're trying to do. They but do. this is between the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Golden State Warriors. And I told you last week on that, and that's why I did not, I did not touch that team. I want to okay. let you have this. So there's a different, there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. I have a, a two team trade with the Pacers and the Warriors, and my whole thought was, 
what's going to happen with Chris Paul and Golden State? Because there was just a, we're, we're recording this Monday night around six o'clock. There was a video on Twitter where Steve Kerr did not commit to Chris Paul being a starter. There's speculation that he could be coming off the bench, which I think actually makes a little bit more sense with the roster they it currently does. have constructed. But if Chris Paul is just going to pout about that and not really embrace the role, I mean, Chris Paul wants to start. I still think Chicago needs a point guard. And I think Chris Paul in Chicago could make some sense with the group that they have. Knowing they have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vooch. I think that he might be a different version of a Malcolm Brogdon there. Obviously, they're not the same player, but maybe someone you feel a little bit more uh, good about. And he's on an expiring deal. I, Oh, actually, I think he has a, a second year on that deal, but I want to say it's like partially Chris guaranteed. Paul, it, it, yeah, I don't believe it's even guaranteed at all. Is it a so, team option? I believe it's a team option. Okay, um, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, but, I'm going to pull it up right now, so keep keep going. But yeah, I believe that was the major appeal to bringing on Chris Paul was uh, that that next year, non-guaranteed uh, $30 million. So, okay. Nope. Okay, that's that makes more sense. I think Chicago does it for like a rental. They're trying to make it the playoffs. They're trying to make a push with this roster currently that they have constructed. There's been reports that Zach Levine could be on the trade market, but I think that if they wanted to try to win with some veterans, Chris Paul to Chicago could make some sense. This is where it gets interesting. The Pacers would send Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, and Isaiah Jackson to the Golden State Warriors. I think this allows them to keep their starting five intact. You bring in a young big that could give you some minutes. Just kind of not really worried about Isaiah, but he's like a little flyer instead of giving up a pick for the Pacers. TJ McConnell and Buddy Hield instantly help the Warriors right away. I think they'd be great pieces off their uh, off the bench to help them compete this year. Now the Pacers get two guys. One guy that we talked about last week was Lonzo Ball for the salary purposes. You were not a fan of that, no. But I still think it makes some sense because it'd be no different than bringing in a Tim Hardaway Jr. with a with a piece attached or bringing in a Luke Kennard because you could still trade him, like you said. But the piece they're bringing in with this, they're taking Alex Caruso back because the Bulls have to match the salary of Chris Paul, $30.8 million. Lonzo and Alex Caruso are just underneath that. It's about twenty nine point eight, So they're going to be around $874,000 over in what they're taking back, but it still works and they stay under the tax. So Alex Russo, Lonzo Ball to the Pacers, Chris Paul to the Bulls, Buddy Hill, TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson to the Warriors. Didn't have any picks involved. What are your thoughts on that? I like Alex Crusoe. I've always liked Alex Crusoe. All defensive player, going to be someone who could be like the passing of the torch from TJ McConnell to Alex Caruso of our, you know, passing you know, point guards that are really going to help us out. But, man, you give Buddy, Isaiah, I'm not I'm, – I'm fine moving on from McConnell because it sounds like they're heading towards that. You move on from Isaiah, but I'm just wondering, when you look at Lonzo Ball, I'm just wondering, does that take a hit for the Pacers winning-wise to say at this point we got a guy that might never play for us? Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at the three guys I traded, the only person that we feel confident that's going to be in the 10-man rotation to start the year is Buddy. Yeah. So if you swap Buddy out for Alex Caruso and you look at it from that standpoint with the rest of the roster, I think it makes us better because Caruso is a very good defender. Yeah. So we got Caruso in there, and I guess he could, you know, you could shift ne- a bunch of Nemhard's minutes down to the two, and Caruso could be the backup point guard. Well, Caruso uh, played got- the played the two last year most of the time yeah they, yeah so it, he could play the two and then mark could play the one yeah. but they're about yeah he's six foot four so yeah 
but he guards pretty well. And I think Nimhart and him together could be very good defensively with the second unit. They could. This, this is intriguing. I, I like. I very much like the addition of Alex Caruso. Probably would have loved if there was like some sort of pick and taking on Lonzo Ball, uh, because I do think that is you know short term a negative asset. A guy that might never play. I know you already have your eyes on. We're moving that contract. You know, just after this well, year. Well, you just but... have to keep that in the back of your mind. Like it's not a non-movable contract when it becomes an expiring. No contract's yeah. not not movable. Like we've seen some of the like most egregious contracts get moved, and we're like, how did a team take them on? Right. I think that Lonzo Ball, for whatever reason, I'm just saying, if he comes back healthy, I think he's a bonus. If he doesn't come back at all and he's still hurt, you're going to get an injury exemption for next season. You can do something with that, and then he's gone off your roster. It's not like he's going to kill you that much to be on there for one more year when you're already going to have other players that could fill that spot. And it opens up a roster spot, and it it simplifies the rotation. That was my big thing with this, too. I definitely like the idea of simplifying the rotation because there's not even room for Isaiah Jackson and really TJ McConnell to consistently get on the court. So I do like the addition of Alex Crystal because there needs to be that major emphasis on defense. I would just have to assume that we're going to move Lonzo Ball and some deal that's going to really help us out the following year because, you know, of assets of contracts that are signed well, we're obviously not going to move Tyrese, then that enables us to not have to move Miles Turner to, to fit him into a, a bigger contract type trade. Yeah. And then you still have Bruce Brown as, as an asset that you could use. So I'm warming up to it, but I'm you still got all your not picks. You, what if you traded all your picks? You, let's just say you re-sign Obi Toppin. This is a super hypothetical. We're getting way off topic here, but you re-sign Obi Toppin. He's your starting power forward. But then all of a sudden, you, you want to go out there and maybe get someone else that's a power forward. Let's just say, we'll just throw Pascal Siakam out there because it's an easy name to throw out there. Let's just say he wants to come to the Pacers. So now you're looking at Obi saying, hey, you're not going to be our four anymore at the starter, but we want you off the bench. We'll trade Lonzo Ball plus Jairus Walker for Pascal Siakam in a sign-and-trade type of a situation. Maybe you give up a pick there, too, to appease Toronto because we know how the Pacers are about going after other teams' free agents. Would you feel better about that if you got a guy like that that's going to help you instantly win and you throw in Lonzo's contract versus throwing in a Bruce Brown, throwing in a Miles, like you said? I I think that's where you feel a little bit better about it. And if you have to attach one of your young guys, attach him with a Lonzo. Yeah, I I I hear you. I mean, I know Siakam. Look, here's the thing. Siakam's just going to hit free agency. I know that's just an example. Of yes. someone. So, you know, I don't want to be trading the farm for a guy who's about to enter free agency. But, man, I don't know. We we might have to keep Josh Walker out of these trade discussions. Just I'm, just play saying, some basketball I'm just first. saying. I want to see him play. Well, I do, too. I'm so, not saying and I want to trade him. I'm just saying hypothetically. I said I'm getting way ahead of myself here. So, I'm not I saying that you. because we got to see what Obi Toppin can even do before we ex- exactly we got I'm a just lot saying. of questions and not enough answers. Yeah. So, so if I want to simplify this trade, if I want to simplify this trade, Make it just Pacers and Warriors together. No Chicago as the middleman. We take on Chris Paul. We take on Chris Paul's contract. But we're also getting my guy. Mm -mm. Moses Moody, baby. And we're shipping out Buddy Hill, TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson. What are your thoughts on that? I'm definitely in. I I truly might even have to give up a pick in this deal. Yeah. It might have to be the, the one that we got from Denver that was a Clippers pick. Do you think that we have to give up one? Because, I, I mean... We're taking on Chris Paul's contract, but we're also getting the lottery pick. 
from the Warriors, yeah. Moses Moody, who's played significant minutes when they've had their role. I mean, he's 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 been more trusted than Jonathan Kaminga for them. So yes, he he has significant could be a stretch, but at the same point, he definitely has been more trusted by them. I know you of all people are a massive believer in Moses Moody. You know, yes. I, it's it's there hasn't been a large large sample size. There's been moments. I don't know if you'd have to take a give a first round pick. Um, if you don't have to, I mean, I'm definitely really interested. But you got to give something. You probably got to give something back. Here's because a bonus. Here's the thing. We've given got? the Warriors $4 million of cap relief as well in this trade. Which, Which it goes a long way them. when you talk about their luxury tax bill. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of savings attached to that. I just think that Tyrese Halliburton playing with Chris Paul for one year or half a season could be something that has a lasting impact for a lifetime. Yeah. I really do think that that would be monumental and then Moses Moody is a, a player that could be a great value of rolling the dice on a player that needs a change of scenery of course at this point he's getting closer to being due a, a new contract and you still don't yeah. know you got a lot of those guys now where it's like in one year they can make a lot of money but in the, in this scenario I am very intrigued okay well here's what I think Fachi I think that if Chris Paul was dealt in this trade the Pacers would buy him out I think so too at this point, going nearly turning 39 years old, it's just no offense to you know Pacer Nation and everything. I think Chris Paul is saying, I, I need to win a ring. I, I don't know if I'm going there. And yeah. at one point, that's kind of how it looked like for Chris Paul in the past, where it looked like he could have been getting traded to, to San Antonio at one point. And I remember being like, he's not going to play there in this mm. year. Like So that's why it's like, are you going to give a first-round pick to just buy out Chris Paul and then Moses Moody. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I had another one too with the, with the Warriors oh. just cause I was throwing out different ideas. And I said, Chris Paul, a 2025 lottery protected first round pick from golden state and a 2026 second round pick that they got from Atlanta for buddy Hilton and Daniel Tice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they don't I give mean, up Moody. They don't give up do any young players. They just yeah. get off the, the contract. They get a backup center that I think would actually help them. And Tice, I yeah. think he could fit their system of what they try to do. And they get Buddy Heal, who's a lights-out shooter on that roster, to help them win now. And they give up a lottery-protected pick in 2025. I think that's interesting to, to look at. It, it is because here's the thing. I know in some of the trade scenarios that I had, it was like, oh, Pacers get their third first-round pick. We actually realized you would rather have picks down the road than to have have three first round picks in one draft because it's too many. Mm. We just went through that scenario. We thought it was amazing to have three first round picks. And look what happened. We started just trading them back for, oh, let's get a first the following year or let's get some second round picks. It was just, it wasn't what you hoped for. So yeah. to be able to have two first round picks in 2024, then have a first round pick in 2025, it keeps having, you know, it allows you to have assets coming in. So I think in that trade, short term, yeah, it doesn't make the Pacers better because if Chris Paul doesn't play for the Pacers, you're like, all right, well, what do we do? Well, in this scenario, that allows you to, A, buy him out. You're clearing that roster spot for Tice. You're getting a first-round pick. I, I think it's it's a it's a decent deal. But for those that really want to go for it all for the playoffs, yeah, it doesn't really satisfy that situation. Okay. 
I've got two more trades. I don't know if you want me to give them out oh or not. Oh my god! Wow. I yeah, I, I mean, went big. People, I didn't I didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, so. I mean, you sold me short. You texted me saying, "Come up with a couple. Let's go." You know, maybe. Well, you know, so I said that for me, the I first usually... episode. That was just like give a few for this one. I had these same for the Buddy Hill Trade podcast. Uh, I'll read through these All quickly. Right. This is a three team deal. What do you got? This is the 76ers, the Pacers, and the Clippers. This is the Pacers being the facilitator in a James Harden trade. The Pacers and Buddy Hield and TJ McConnell to the 76ers. The Clippers send Terrence Mann and Kenyon Martin with Buddy Hield and McConnell to the Sixers. So for James Harden, the Sixers are going to get Buddy Hield, Terrence Mann, TJ McConnell, and Kenyon Martin Jr. Four pretty quality players that could help. They get off the James Harden headache. I didn't put any picks in this because I except I didn't give any picks to the 76ers because I was trying to figure out how this would all be finagled. The Clippers are going to get James Harden and Firkin Korkmaz. So they're getting their guy in James Harden. They're taking on Korkmaz's one year for $5.3 million. The Pacers are, on the other hand, they're going to get Marcus Moore Sr. and Robert Covington, two expiring deals. They're going to get their 2024 second-round pick back from the Clippers that they have dealt out. It's like a via Indiana, Utah, Cleveland type thing, so they get that back. But they're also getting a 2028 first-round pick Top eight protected from the Clippers for helping be facilitators in this trade to get them James Harden. Wow, I would be stunned to be, to get that pick, knowing the amount of picks that they owe. Yeah, I mean, so if that they want James Harden, be... and they're trying to win now. They kind of have to go all in at this point. Oh my, what a, Ballmer what a care rough about that. situation for the Clippers, though, because this is like you can make an argument. This is the end of their window. Yeah. If Kawhi and Paul George don't work out this year, they're both. You know, they're both headed towards free agency soon. They're both yeah. those guys are looking for contract extensions and they ain't got anything in their inbox right now. So if they're going to make and Harden, he's on, he's on a one year deal. So at this point, it really depends on how desperate they really are to make that deal. I would love to make that deal because that pick, even if it's a 10th overall pick years from now, it's going to be a great asset to have. And mm-hmm. I think short term, you mentioned what Buddy TJ McConnell was there any other pacer going out in the that field? was it. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, both guys are, are good contributors over the last two years, but two years from now, you don't expect either of them to be here. Even a year from now, you're probably going to say they both won't be here. So I think that that's a, that's a pretty decent trade to make. But I think that the best scenario would probably be I mean, when in the year would you make that trade? Are you making that trade ASAP to give the Clippers that, that time, or is this a deadline deal? I think you probably make this around that December deadline, the 15th around then, because I do think that James Harden is going to make life a living hell for Philadelphia just because we know yeah, so James Harden can be. Yes. So I think you got to let James Harden wear on Philly a little bit to where they're just like, we got to get off of him. And if they can get Terrence Mann, who is very good yeah, for the Clippers, they can get a McConnell, who they love. He's already been with the organization. He knows how that organization works. They get they wanted Buddy Hill before they did when they were trying to – potentially trade Ben Simmons for him and Halliburton. Like, just imagine if they would have got that deal done with Sacramento, how things would have been drastically different for both franchises. And I think Kenny Martin Jr. is actually pretty underrated. No, he is. He so is. you're getting He's... four rotational players, probably no one even close to what James Harden can be. But I think no. with the roster they have now, they're kind of in limbo a little bit, and I think they have to try to make the most of it. But I just think James Harden's value is not going to be well-received across the league because he is an ex- uh, expiring deal. And he only wants to play for the Clippers. So yeah, no one really is going to trade for him, I don't think. And Not I, I a think, serious offer. 
Yeah, and that's, and that's why I think this deal could make some sense. No, it, it very well could. I would. The one thing I'm wondering is like, man, if if all of a sudden Steve Ballmer and the Clippers smash that emergency glass and break out that 2028 first round pick, that's when you know it's like, all right, you got to do that deal because you remember. I know it's you said top eight protected, but it sounds like a lifetime ago. But do you remember how they were talking about those Lakers 2027 and 2029 first round picks? Yep. Somehow those got treated like 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 the gold of gold yep. last year. So. In this scenario, look that if that ends up being a, a top ten pick or anything of the sort, yeah. I mean Ka- Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, those guys don't have five years left in them. No, and if it they might, do, it might even have to be top ten protected. Top eight might be generous. Yeah, I it might have to be top ten <laughs> because at this point, I, I don't envision any of those guys really being on the team five years from now. Right. So I, I would make that deal in this situation because that pick could be really good. Yeah, the Pacers get those expiring contracts. They might keep Covington. I think they would let Morris walk. I don't think they'd want to deal with that. I, I, I think they would they would let him walk, let him yeah. buy him out, whatever. Open up a roster and... spot. Makes some sense. Exactly. Um, last one here is not as not as crazy. It's okay. uh, Pacers and Jazz making a trade here. Pacers are going to get Kelly Olenek, your favorite player. Mm, of course. Throw him out there in one scenario. I think he was number 10 on the list of, of like, Ten guys you could trade for, and all of a sudden I caught heat from that. But yeah. anyway, go and, on. And, and Taylor Horton Tucker, Tyrese's uh, friend. THT, yeah. You're, you're shipping out Buddy Hill. Obviously, it's Buddy Hill big trades. Isaiah Jackson and the first-round pick we got from the Nuggets. What? The first-round pick's in there? I think you yeah. got to throw some kind of pick in there. For, for who? Olenek and Horton Tucker. I know, but who who's commanding a first round pick out of those two? I, I think that because you're taking their backup center away, because they went they were decent last year, and Horton Tucker really played well towards the end of the stretch, like towards down the stretch there. The the pick's not great. I mean, look at the pick that uh we got like the, the Celtics pick last year. That pick's not doing much for you. Yeah. Um, no, I'm 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 hundred percent out. I'm looking at this deal. Uh, Kelly Olenek is uh, um, an expiring contract. Yeah, and, so is Taylor, yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker. So why are we giving a first round pick up in this? Situation? It's a bad first, is what I'm saying. It's it like could the Celtics. Be, it could be. It could be. I mean, if you're talking about that Clippers, what pick, if you do like a top twenty four protection on it? So if it's twenty five or less, they get it. If it's not, it's two seconds. I, I just don't understand. It why we would do the deal in the first because you get your I, I think kelly olenic would be better than any backup center we have right now and i think taylor horton tucker could play for us too and that would be two guys that could be right in the rotation helping this team get better i think i'd rather just at that point keep buddy and the first round pick and just ride it out yeah i, I but look at the, okay let's just look at it from this perspective that first round pick you know it, it could be i mean how many players I, I, are I, great best at, it's it's probably in the best case scenario 20. Probably like like I was about to say like eighteen to twenty in the greatest scenario. Plus. Like I said, so if we put the protection where it's twenty five to thirty, where that's the only way we give it up, or it's two seconds. What if it's just two seconds instead of the first? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, like, look. I mean, I'm not I'm ending not with my like, best trade. This is not my best trade. I'm just no, I had no. It, I, I had it up there, and I'm like. Isaiah Jackson, nobody really to me values him. I don't think that the, I, I, I get it, and I don't think the Jazz would value Buddy that much with what they currently have roster wise. I don't think they would really need Buddy Hield, so that's why I was trying to make it for somewhat of an incentive for them to do this deal because we know 
Danny Ainge loves those picks. I'm looking at it right now. Taylor Horton Tucker finished the year very strong. His last few games, 41 points, 28, 32, and 23. He was awesome. Uh, of course, those are the games that are like, you know, we've seen some guys put up some crazy performances at the end of the year. Like, I think Mac McClung had like a triple-double in the last game of the year. So, okay. some of those games you got to take with a little bit of a grain of salt. I'm just very sour on him because of how Lakers fans propped him up as like, like the ultimate trade chip. And, like, he got signed to an extension or at around $11 million per year. And I just feel like he didn't really do anything with it. Kelly Olynyk plays hard. Yeah, he is a good backup center. He's definitely more reliable than, like, you know, an Isaiah Jackson, Daniel Tice, Jalen Smith type player. Um, I think he's good. I actually think that Kelly Olenek's a pretty good basketball player. I don't like playing against him. I hate him, honestly. Uh, No one one likes playing against him because he's just, like, chippy. He's going to, you know, he's just going to – he's going to be an annoying player to guard. So, in, in this scenario, if the Pacers were a better team, I'd be like, oh, hey, this is a good depth move. But then it's like, are you just letting go of these guys in free agency and then starting over? Like, eh. So uh, it, it doesn't do much for me. I'd be curious to hear what other people think on this. But I, I would rather move that first-round pick in some other deal, like just include it, than well, in this deal. You know how fans are going to feel about this. Fans wouldn't trade Buddy Hill for half the people. Oh, I know. I, I completely agree. I'm I, was even, I was even surprised how – die hard or ride or die Kevin Bowen was he was like really like you know like we can't do this like buddy's gonna be better than anyone we're gonna bring in and I was like man like am I being too hard on buddy but I just I don't know I just feel like age wise if he's not gonna resign like you can't let an asset walk I think that if we're being honest with ourselves fans of this team that are in the trenches are overvaluing buddy Hill. Yes. I think people that cover it where they're into it, but they're not totally into it are overthinking this. You look at the numbers, it looks great. But I think if you really get down to the nitty gritty, Buddy Hill is a good player and he can be good for a lot of different teams. But I will reiterate this. I don't think he's a a needle mover in terms of helping your team get that much further in the playoffs. I think there's going to be a team that's desperate to get a shooter out there but we even see how those deals happen all the time in the playoffs. Like, oh, they made a big trade at the deadline. They're going to be so much better now. And that player ends up being who they talk about, why the team lost in the playoffs. So I think Buddy Hill's a very good player. I think he means a lot to this organization because of his infectious personality. Very, very fun-loving guy. Everybody likes him. Nothing you can say bad about Buddy the person or Buddy the shooter. But Buddy the overall basketball player is good and I know that our, our friends Chuck and Jamie on Twitter were like, your guy Nimhard, is he going to be knocking threes down, like coming at me because I'm a Nimhard guy? you got to realize, age matters. It, yes, it does. The fit matters and defense matters. So, hey, if Buddy so Hill... the contract. It, it, yeah. Nimhard's got numerous years on that deal at a very low rate, which is an extremely appealing situation for the Pacers to be able to do a lot with. Yeah. Compared to Buddy, $19.2 million expiring, you got to factor that in. Yeah, I like Buddy Hield. I really do. I think, I, I mean, I was on the bandwagon last year saying, I don't think we should trade Buddy. I thought Buddy was a great fit for this team last year. Mm-hmm. But we didn't make the playoffs. No. You can blame it on Tyree. You can blame it on change of direction. I'll just put it to you this way. It's not Buddy Hield's fault that we didn't make the playoffs. I'm not saying that. But when Tyrese went out, Buddy Hield's numbers did not look the same. So They did not. 
Buddy Hill's fine. Buddy Hill's a role player. Let's not lose sleep over a role player in their 30s that is not the future of this team. The future is a person we just interviewed yesterday, Benedict Matherin and Tyrese yes. Halliburton. So that's what you have to keep your mind focused on. Yeah, it's always good to have vets around, but the Pacers are still in a pretty early stage of the rebuild. They are not a championship contender yet. If they were, Buddy Hill makes more sense, but they're not. They're a playoff hopeful. They are. It's well said. At this point, I just think that it's tough when you start to deal with fan favorites. Like I, I think that Pacer Nation has has done. We've we've all been a part of that. Of like, Lance Stevenson needs to be on this team, and I'm, I'm not saying that Buddy's a Lance Stevenson. Buddy is elite, as, as as elite as it gets from a three point shooting standpoint. But there's so many other aspects of the game that need to be factored in. And when you're really trying to build something sustainable for years to come, you are trying to look at players that do fit a more specific timeline, maybe under contract for a little bit more, or raise the ceiling of this team. And as as awesome as Buddy was, his numbers have not translated to winning in the NBA. He hasn't also been on a team that's, one game away are on the cusp or, you know, they're in the play and they're all, they just got bounced. It's typically teams that are, that are picking, you know, in the lottery, more specifically, you know, in the top 10. And I think that that shows that you need a lot more just than really good shooting to be a player making a large impact on a team. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell is a great shooter. what he get done in the West finals? Nothing. Nothing. And it was like, are they going to really bring him back? Like that's what happens to a lot of these guys. So it, it's no knock. It, it's just one of those things where it's, you have to evaluate everything. It's a tough decision to make, especially like you said, dealing with fan favorites. It's not hard or it's not easy. Excuse me. It is hard yeah. to make those kind of moves, but it's not easy to, to deal them, but you just got to live with it. And sometimes you got to rip the bandaid off and the fan base will be a little salty, maybe stings for a little bit, but they'll get over it when they realize, okay, maybe I was a little bit too high on buddy when, yeah, Andrew Nimhard's out here shooting 38% from three and guarding the best player on the other team and really playing pretty solid defense. And Ben Matherin's taking the next step. Okay, maybe I was just a little bit too much in the moment and not seeing the bigger picture. But I've talked a lot about trades, Vlachi. Obviously, I came up with probably three times the amount you did, but I'm curious. you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? I would just say this. Don't force a trade. Let yeah. it rock. Wait, because the offers that we saw – that those offers that were reported, they were like almost disrespectful. It was yeah. like the ideas the from were, the ideas from Marks and Lowe were pretty bad in terms of they were bad value that you want back for Buddy. I'll just say this: that's probably what Buddy's value is across the league. Maybe yeah. right now, maybe uh, right well, now. But I mean, yeah. how's he going to get much better than what he already it, did? It, no, 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 not for him. I'm saying the offers will get better as time goes right, on. But because, I'm saying his value yeah, won't get no, much better than he's what not going to be. He's not going to be averaging 20 points per game and, and take his game to the next level because he might be playing a little bit less minutes. Yeah. What I'm just saying is don't chase a deal just to clean this up. This isn't a James Harden on your mm-hmm. hands who right. is going to be like, oh man, this could be a, you know, uh, you know, a, a dark cloud hanging around the locker room or anything like that. No, this is weight because. Teams are going to have specific needs. Some teams will feel the pressure to, to make a bigger move. The Lakers, oh, we're not trading those 2027, 29 picks for nothing. All of a sudden, things didn't go the way they wanted. They started cutting some deals at the deadline, and they did part with, I believe, 
either 2027 first round pick mm. to the Jazz. So you never know what could end up becoming available as you get into December, January, February. But I think that Buddy's someone who if the Pacers want to win. It's in your best interest to play this out a little bit longer rather than make a deal for, say, a Marvin Bagley and a Killian Hayes. <laughs> Yeah, and that and that's kind of why I was I cut you off there for a second because I want to make sure people realize like Buddy Hill's value will not get much better than this by himself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think when fans are like getting upset about the Buddy Hill trade ideas that we're throwing out here, it's like you have to realize like what Buddy Hill's value is across the league, and what a Zach Lowe and what a Bobby Marks throw out there honestly is probably what his true value is. So if that makes right you now. mad, yep. it's it's just the nature of the business. Like Obi Toppin. Two second round picks. It still blows my mind. Same, because, same, same with Chris Duarte, a guy that had a great rookie season. Yeah. And he was injured for most of last year and didn't really get much value for him either. So that's the thing. People have to realize, like, not everybody is going to be Tyrese Halliburton level value in a trade. So it, you feel like it's disrespectful because you think Buddy means more to your team, but you got to realize what Buddy means to the rest of the league and what his role actually is going to be with other teams and what his value is across the league. It's just not as high as it's going to be for your specific team right now. Also, one last thing I'll say before we tie this up is first-round picks have gone up in value in this league. Mm-hmm. We saw last year second-round picks drastically increased in value in the league. The way second-round picks were being traded around the league to facilitate deals was far different than in the past. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to be a little bit more guarded on the first round picks that they give up, especially as it relates for a guy that you probably know you're not going to resign as buddy is expected to enter free agency. And I don't think he's, you know, ready to sign a new deal with anyone. I think he wants to test the waters of free agency, but Hey, we'll leave that to him. Absolutely. I don't really have much else to say, Fachi, so go ahead and let people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at Pace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. Hope you guys are having a great week because it is Survivor Week, baby. Survivor is back for season 45. If you're a Survivor fan, let me know on social media so I can interact with you. Maybe we can even get a group chat started here because I love Survivor. With that being said, Fachi, if you're interested to see how this season plays out with Buddy Hill and his future with the Indiana Pacers, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.